to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, a weekly discussion about the National Hockey League's Boston Bruins, affiliated minor teams, and prospects of tomorrow's stars. Moore fights to keep it in, does, has it in the corner to Sanderson, back in front door, shot, scores! Ray Bork. Score! Ray Bork from the face-off circle to the right of Reggie Lindland. Fired it down and Whitmore blew it. He bounces down to Bergeron. He takes the space, pulling it wide to the right of Tatar. The snapshot over the Rossi gets loose and Bergeron scores. There are three ways you can support the show. We are available on Apple iTunes, SoundCloud.com, and on TheHockeyWriters.com, located in the podcast channel of the website. Now here's your hosts, Mark Allred and Rob Tomlin. Hello, Bruins fans, and welcome back for the 30th episode of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is the Jerry Cheevers edition. Uh, If you're enjoying the show, please let us know what you think by commenting and giving us a rating on iTunes or any podcatcher that you currently use. Uh, Now let's start the show by welcoming co-host Rob Tomlin. Rob, what's up, man? I am very good. Excellent. I am energized from Saturday's game. I am happy. It's, uh, It's all coming together. Everything's going good, so I'm hoping for more this week. I I am as well. Um, the 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 two games early. There was a th- three games last week. Obviously, it was the uh, the back and back with Minnesota and the Rangers, which were a complete disaster. <clears throat> um, in my opinion, uh, the the injury to uh, Anton Hudobin last weekend uh, really put a, a, a stranglehold on on the goaltending and what the trying to accomplish uh and and with rasp being out with a lower body and him being out with a wrist injury obviously moves had to be made so the two goaltenders that were in the providence uh organization got brought up which was uh, zane mcintyre and malcolm suban and both of them uh, i mean you could actually say that mcintyre played a little better but mm. both of them really didn't show me anything um about where they sit in the uh, in you know the future of this team, and <clears throat> excuse me, you know with that being said, um, I just I, I want to jump on this real quick because uh, people have been hammering, hammering me all summer and most of the last year about this, but um, uh, I just gotta I know chuckle a little bit to the people that told me that Malcolm Subban and Zane McIntyre were better goaltenders than the experienced Sukarask. So, so here's here's to you and all your lack of hockey knowledge. Congratulations, nice job. I will clap along with that one. You know, I I mean, I I I I, I, I think it's more out of spite that it's happening and it's more of a joke. But yeah. I mean, sometimes I think that people are really seriously saying that, you know, this, these two are better than him. Period. And I got to tell you, on Saturday night. Was the perfect example. This is the coming out call. I'm just like, oh my god! To all you haters, this is what you waited for. Yeah, and uh, I mean, the way I see it, there's the argument for Malcolm Subban's just come from a really bad injury last season, and he's probably not altogether back to his game, and it's early on. But I don't. I don't see any way that he's ready for the NHL. I don't see any way that he's ready to be starting games in the NHL. I mean, I think he'd be a good like relief goalie for some team where the goalie's going to play 90% of the games during the year. But if you've got a guy like that, start. Yeah, so I don't think uh, Subban starting games is a good idea especially like at this point in his career he needs some good time in the NHL uh, in the AHL sorry and then uh, I think McIntyre played pretty well for the 
what the defense did in front of him. I think he had a good game, and a lot of the goals weren't his fault. Well, you can't really say that anymore because it's always down to the goaltender. But right. I mean, they were some of them were difficult shots to see. I mean. There was a couple where there was a guy tied up right in front of him and he couldn't really see through. And I'll always blame that on the defense. If they're taking the time tying a guy up in front, they need to move him out of the way. And it just seems like... It always seems with the Bruins that it's a one of the D-men, it's always a guy like Adam McQuaid or Kevin Miller or Zidane Chara who are meant to be really big and tough and the they're there to move people out the front of the net. They seem to struggle with the smaller guys. I don't get it. They're, they're always struggling to move smaller guys out of the way of the net, but the bigger guys they can deal with. So, right. I just think those two games were throwaway games. We knew, I knew we weren't going to win as soon as I heard the news that it was going to be them two starting them two games. I didn't expect really a win. So, I mean, it's, it's good for them. They got, the bit of NHL experience and they've realized that they need to up the game next time they come up. Yep. Definitely. I mean, it it just goes to show that McIntyre definitely played a little bit better because Subban was sent down straight away. Yeah. Pretty much. So, but the, the, the best thing about this whole thing, and this probably doesn't affect a lot of Bruins fans because a lot of people, don't seem to follow the AHL as much as they follow the NHL, but it gave Dan Vladar some time at the AHL level, which was really good because he got to show how much he's progressed as well. So that was good. Yeah, he did. And uh, you know, falling back on Subban, it was it's a very unfortunate injury that happened. Um, yeah. I, and and by no means are we saying that his you know his game sucks because of that. It's just. He's not coming back to the way he was before. It seems like he's very gun shy. I've said it all summer, being so close to the team, with um, um, summer workouts being close to where I live. So I've been, I've been around. He just doesn't look right, and and that kind of concerns me because of the. He's got this is his last year of of um, his uh, entry level deal, and he's RFA afterwards. Um. If you need a depth goaltender in the AHL, like you were talking about, I, yeah. I don't, I don't see, I don't see why they wouldn't want to resign him. But, but I don't see don't. his progression going any further than that in the in the games that I've seen, and it's only been minimal. It's only been two games. So yeah, and then you you've had the proof with a guy like Vladar playing in the AHL that he can compete at that level. So why would you resign? McIntyre and Subban. Yeah. One of them's got to go. Last so last Wednesday, Dan Vladar started uh, his first AHL game because of all the call-ups. He got called up from the Atlantic Gladiators of the East Coast Hockey League and um, got fed to the Wolves, honestly. He, uh, he started against a very powerful uh, Toronto Marlies team, which is obviously the, the, um, the affiliate of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. And um, he's been with the team since. Uh, he's got a one zero and one record in two games played, nine two point nine seven goals against average, and a point nine one seven save percentage. But the uh, the big win came this weekend. Uh, this uh, this past weekend that just went by, uh, I believe it was Friday or Saturday night. He got his first AHL win in a 4-2 victory over Utica. Yeah. The affiliate of the Vancouver Canucks. And he played very well. I thought he did very good. I watched the game, and I was really impressed. Uh, he's winning at all levels so far. So he got his first East Coast Hockey League win um, earlier this month, which was awesome. So and he the is, thing he, I, I really like about him is um, he, he's a very good positional goaltender like he, he's not one of those guys who kind of like throws himself across the net for saves he's he's got good pushes he's always square to the shot he's got a big body and covers up the net well so i think that's that's the kind of goaltender i prefer over the athletic 
type goaltender that you see around the league now. Yep. Absolutely. But let's just uh, uh, the Detroit game. Um, Tuka Rask returns, plays outstanding, tracks the puck well. I mean, you could see. I mean, his head move. I was watching his head movements, and yeah. and you know, and there's a lot of the replays, a lot of slow motion. I did um, uh, after the game and the day after, and just watching him, man, he was tracking very well. Like he was, you know, a rookie again on Vezina type. You know, type, type. I'm not saying he's going to win, just, you know, mm. that type of player. But uh, th- that glove save, that uh, deflection glove save was ridiculous. Yeah. The, the one that was fluttering in and he kind of just tracked it well and got his glove up to it. I mean, there, there was about, I'd say this, there were six or seven really good scoring chances for the Red Wings. And I mean the type of scoring chances where it's fifty-fifty and Rash just shut them down. Yep. And I mean, look at the, the another thing that I really want to point out, and this is this is not just about the goaltending, is uh, the two-on-one that Nyquist had. Um, again, Chara not being able to get back in time off a bad puck, and he kind of tried jumping into the play and missed it. Carlo did a great job of controlling his man to the to the corner and kind of keeping it a one-on-one and letting Rast track the shot and then stayed square, put his shoulder up, knocked the puck to the boards. So <clears throat> there, there's, there's flashes of that where the team work really well together and it's starting to show that they're becoming more of a team than they were at the beginning of the season. So... I'm just getting excited now. When I see little bits like that, like you could tell Rass was telling him to take the man and he'd take the shot. And I'm glad when it works out like that because a lot of the time you'll see a guy like Tory Krug or Adam McQuaid, they'll kind of lie down to block a pass that's not coming and it distracts people. So that was a really good play. Yeah. So uh, with the with the big win in Detroit, I mean the, the Detroit Red Wings were on a six-game winning streak, and they were four and zero at home. And I was just, I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch the full sixty minutes, and whatever happens, happens because that's the way I feel about the Bruins lately. Is I'm, I'm gonna, I'm obviously gonna, you know, put as much time and energy into this team, but what I, what I expect is not what I expected. I know from yeah. years ago, but I was absolutely amazed that they that they they skated with them. They some they outskated them at times. And, you know, I thought they played very well. But my concern is great. You got the biggest win of the year out of the way. Yeah. What are you gonna do this coming week against Florida on Tuesday in Florida? Against the Tampa Bay Lightning on Thursday, like staying in Florida, <clears throat> and then coming home to play the Rangers that beat you last week on Saturday. Oh yeah, that schedule right there means carry the momentum from the Detroit game. Whatever you got in that game, bring it along and show it. This is the time. This, I mean, to me personally, and I might be going a little, you know, rah rah, you know, whatever fan. But that win to me made made me think that it's got to start now. And all this, all these losing to to uh, lower teams has got to stop. We yeah. need these points now, and not you know, the points in October are as important as the one in, in in March and April. Oh yeah, definitely. If not more important. Right. Because look at what how we've ended the last two years. We need to win now. And then we can save our points for the end of the season to keep us in it. So, I mean, these are three tough games as well. you got a young team with Florida, a really skilled team who are going to come out and just put shots on net. Like, it's not going to be an easy night. They're going to shoot from all angles. They're going to put it from wherever they can. And then not only that, you go on to Tampa Bay who are probably one of the highest shooting teams in the league. And you've got a guy who's just come back from an injury who's in net. So you're going to have to try and block as many shots as possible and make it as hard as possible to get into the zone. 
and then you're going back to a team in New York that trounced you when you had a two nil the two nothing lead. Like it's got to be about changing this whole this whole feeling that when a team beats us early on in the season, we feel like we can't beat them again. It's like Montreal. Yeah. They get a win early on in the season, and that's it. That that's us done for the rest of the season. We can't beat them. Yeah, because now now it's a head game. <clears throat> yeah, it's got to it's got to change from that. It's got to be, we've got to come in and do our business. We got to we got to go in there and play our game instead of falling into everyone else's games. We we always seem to be that team when we go to one of the lower lower down teams like Edmonton and places like that last year. We always seem to let them play their game, and then we kind of just tried to counter-attack. And you can't do it anymore because you're just giving up chances. I mean, the one thing that made me feel really good on on the Saturday game was the fact that the fourth line got the goal. And the way it worked was a guy like Dominic Moore still fighting for that puck when it's in the offensive zone. Even though he lost the puck, he fought for it, he got it back. You'll see some players when they lose the puck like that, they'll think, "Oh, like I, they're more frustrated that they lost the puck than they are trying to get it back." So right. it needs to be a team effort and just go out there and play the Bruins game. Speaking of that, that fourth line goal, that goal came from Tim Schaller, which is a New Hampshire native. <clears throat> so yeah. big shout out to him. Welcome to the Bruins. Uh, I like his game so far. It was a really smart goal as well because as soon as the puck landed on his stick and he was open, he yep. looked, saw Dominic Moore go into the net, saw Nolachari go into the net and just put it on the net, knowing that if there was any type of rebound coming back out, that it was one of them two was going to get it. Right. So I, 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 I like players like that where the guy thinks before he shoots and you could see it when he picked up the puck, he looked up, saw what was happening. And that's what we need. We need guys like that that are going to think before they do things instead of... You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. Living on this mentality of chemistry. <laughs> because everyone talks about chemistry with players and you've got guys like David Krejci who apparently like relied on Lucic. And we don't... We don't need this stuff anymore. We need, we just need them to work with whoever's there. Right. You need to, you, the men to be leaders. The men to find a way to do these type of things. I mean, look at Bergeron. You could put him on any line on that team, and he'd work as hard as he does with Marchand. So, that that's what each player needs to do, and they just need to step up and get it done. Well, speaking of stepping up, um, Mister Segway, Mister King of Segway. <laughs> <laughs> um, David Pasternak stepped up pretty big on the game against the Rangers and got himself a two-game suspension. Uh, I'm, I'm going to ask you. Uh, you go first on this one because I know you got something good to say about it. That was a clean hit. I think he left mm-hmm. his feet. Uh, I mean, I mean, he didn't leave his he... feet before contact. Yeah, he but... left his feet. During contact. Yeah. But the way I saw it was, Girardi reaches up and jumps for the puck, right? Mm -hmm. So Girardi leaves his feet as Pasternak's going for contact. So when when he's coming in, he's going about stomach level on Girardi, who's probably, what, 6'4"? Right. David Pasternak's, what, 5'10"? Yep. Something like that. So, I mean, he's going to hit him in the stomach where there's less padding, or he can reach up a bit and hit him in the chest where it's safe. So he reaches up a bit. His back leg, his trailing leg, leaves the ice a tiny bit, and he hits him. Doesn't hit him in the face. Probably, like, taps his chin the tiniest amount. But, I mean, you've seen worse than that. No, I I know. I mean, for me... And for... For a guy with no priors, I know no, that's what kills I, me. I just think I think that should have been a talking to, like a stern word. Don't do it again. Like this is your 
this is your warning. Uh-huh. It happens again. You're going to get suspended. And then you see, you go into a game on Saturday where a guy spears someone in the groin, <laughs> obviously, and gets $2,222 fine. I mean, that's like 10 seconds on the ice for that guy. Right. What I, I don't understand what is going through player safety's mind when they make them calls because that is just to me it's stupid. Yeah, I and, mean to to me the 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 hit was it was uh, let's let's put it this way it was marginal okay. Yeah. It, I believe he should have gotten the fine. Yeah. But not the suspension. Yeah. Just, just by the way, Girardi was looking up at the puck and just wasn't in like um, involved in the play, you yeah. know, not paying attention or something like that, which makes me feel like, you know, that, that player safety, uh, Stefan Cantal, uh, the, the members of player safety thought that he might have been in a vulnerable position. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but everyone's everyone's red lighted. As, as soon as you're out on the ice, you should have your head up ready for a contact. It's the NHL. It's not. Right. It's not beer league. Like you're gonna get hit. Like you could look at. I mean, you go through the past and you look at guys getting steamrolled on the red line because they didn't have their head up when they're coming through the zone. I mean, it, the game's changed a lot. I'm not gonna say it wasn't. I, I said it was a clean hit before, and it it, it is and it isn't. It's the way it was, the way it ended wasn't clean. The way that he went for the hit was clean, if right. that makes sense. Oh, it does. So he it didn't. Does. Yeah, he didn't initiate contact to his head on purpose. It just ended up that way. Right. So it wasn't a mean streak hit. It's not like he's Chris Neeling guys out on the ice. <laughs> so, I mean, plus it's David Pasternak. The guy must weigh about what twelve stone wet. Yeah. I mean, he's bulking up. Yeah, yeah, you know what's funny but, is I was I was I was uh, it was either Twitter or or Facebook, um, one of the conversations, and they said that it figures the guy uh, Pasternak finally bulks up in size and then hits somebody and he gets suspended for it. Yeah. Well, I was <laughs> last, um, last year when he was a skinny nothing, he probably wouldn't have gotten away with it. Yeah, I was actually I, I was sat there on Twitter as that hit happened, and I was refreshing my page. And I kind of looked up, saw the hit, looked back down, and someone had put, I think it was Adam McQuaid floored Girardi. And I was like, well, that was Adam McQuaid. And then I looked back up, and it's David Pasternak getting sent to the box. <laughs> and I thought, oh, he's not got like a five-minute or a ten-minute game misconduct. He's not been thrown out of the game. And then I looked again, and it was Pasternak. And I was like, that's a good hit. <laughs> like, right. For a guy that size, that is a, a nice hit, but... I mean, these things are going to happen, and it's like I'm glad it happened at this point of the season. Like if that had happened during key games, like dead serious key games towards the end of the year, I'd be a bit scared. But we have the depth to cover him for two games, so I'm just just only if uh, we hadn't given up some guys, so it. It's all good. I think he'll learn from it and he'll be a better player because of it. Yeah, so. yeah. I don't think he's like you said. He's got no history in this, so I don't yeah. see him, you know, moving on. I think he's more a cautious player for the rest of his career. You know, let's hope anyway. Can you imagine if that was Marshan though? Yeah, exactly. Then oh, everybody would be, be like, yeah, everybody would hate him because he's not playing for Team Canada anymore, and he's back on, the, you know, the, being a Bruin player. So. But if it was Marshand, he probably would have gone for the hip check anyway. So right, because he's <laughs> I mean, only gone, five eight. <laughs> he'd have gone all out on that one. He wouldn't have just gone for the shoulder on shoulder. But yeah, yeah, I think I think to be honest, Girardi should be lucky that it wasn't a guy like Bolesky coming in for that hit because he could have really got hurt on that play. And and, and you know I I'm not going <clears> to <throat> take the credit for this, but um, it was somebody else. Um, I believe it was on this on Nesson that said that Girardi got right up and, you know, went to the bench. Yeah. It wasn't like he was on the ice and needed to be assisted off. 
Yeah. That does, believe it or not, that does play a, a key role in in disciplinary actions, I believe. Yeah, if it if he calls an injury on the play, I think it's uh, automatic. You have to actually go to Toronto to talk to them in person. Whereas, no. yeah, but if it's if it's not causing an injury and it's kind of just a, what they think is going to be a telling off or a two one to two game suspension, I think it's phone call. So, because I know his hearing was a phone call. And everyone said, oh, he's not getting a suspension because it's a phone call. It must just be a fine or a telling off. And it wasn't. So, right. But, I mean, you never know because the rules are changing so much with the NHL that you never know what's going on. So <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to judge nowadays when someone says, oh, this is happening. You can't just go for the automatic. Oh, well, it's all right. right. So. Yeah, I mean, how many times have we heard day to day this year? Uh, and finding out, yeah, finding out a couple of days later that it's not day to day; it's week to week. Right. So, can never get an honest opinion when in, anywhere. It's like you know, I I spent a lot of weekends down at Warrior uh, Ice Arena during practices and trying to get any information out of anybody that works for the Bruins is it's almost like trying to break into Fort Knox. Yeah, but then you talk to multiple reporters that are there, and you're always getting day to day lower body, or you know what I'm saying. You get, you know, it's always like, oh, this person told me it was this, and this person told me it was that. So you never get the full story. No, no. Yeah, and it seems to be only with Boston. I mean, a lot of other teams like disclose stuff straight away and say, oh, this guy's done this to his leg, or this has happened. Right. I I don't see as much day to day stuff with other teams than you do with Boston. So, but what are you gonna do? I know it's true. <laughs> so, what else? You got anything else on the bees? Uh, yeah. Someone put up the other day that um, the entire of the third line for the Bruins is pointless and. I think they were minus 11 at that point, and that was before Saturday's game. Well, I'll tell you right now that Jimmy Hayes is a minus 7, no points yeah. in eight games. Yeah. Matt Bolesky is a minus 7, no points in eight games. Yeah. And I think that's it for those guys. Cause, uh, and Riley Nash, I think. Riley Nash is pointless, pointless in eight games, and he's yeah. a minus 2. So yeah. the bottom the bottom six on this team is 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 I, I I'm gonna rephrase that because I don't I really don't consider the the fourth line in this Bruins system this isn't a depth team this isn't what happened with Pittsburgh last year no this is a three line team and a grinding kind of kind yeah. grind line so yeah. Those guys, you know, they, they play their role. I wish they would get more points. I wish they would be like more like Pittsburgh and be, you know, four lines of rolling offense. But yeah. this is the Boston Bruins. This is how they play. This is how they've been for years. So I understand yeah. that these guys are not going to get a ton of points. But that third line has got to step up. And I'm not thrilled with Bolesky. And I'm not thrilled with uh, Jimmy Hayes. So Jimmy Hayes has not been a... <laughs> A savior at all to any position. I mean, even the bench warmer, he he couldn't even handle, in my opinion. Yeah, I I just think I said this a couple of shows ago, and I'll say it again: free Matt Bolesky from Jimmy Hayes. Like I get that the friends, I get that they must have this so-called chemistry that goes so well in teams. The bromance. Yeah, (laughs) just fucking like just stick him on the second line or something. Give it, give him back to Krejci. Let them do some work together. Right. I mean, he didn't, he didn't do great last year. He, he got, I think he got career high numbers because he, he had quite a few assists. But the thing is, when Frankie V's back, it's going to be totally different anyway. So yeah, because players like Danton Heinen are going to take the high road. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's hard to 
like wait for a guy like that to come back because to me like last year Frankie Vitrano brought the energy to the Bruins when he came in and he kind of gave them that bit of an energy boost when they were down and got them going again so yeah he I, th- gave, I think he's probably going to do the same this year when he comes back he definitely gave an energy boost he was fast he's got great strides he can he can get from point a to point b within seconds but yeah. his his point production was very inconsistent yeah but that's 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 a that's the learning curve of a guy that just got into the nhl you know especially at his age so i, I expect bigger things um, I don't really know what to expect when when Fontrano comes back from his injury. I know he's going to play hard and so on, but um, I still think they're going to put him in the AHL at the beginning. I really do. I really think they'll give him some conditioning down there. For that maybe wouldn't be a bad idea. But I if... mean, it's a long time to miss, like because he's missed all of. Well, no, he hasn't missed all of off season, but I mean, it's off season. It's not. It's not anything major. Like they're not doing too much skating, so especially against other NHL talent. So I mean, he's missed all that time, and then to have an injury just before the season starts and miss another three months. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's going to be hard for him to get back going against good NHL talent. So I, I'd I'd be happy with him going to the AHL for maybe five, six, seven games, and then coming back up, but. And it'll certainly help out Providence because they're, they're struggling right. right now. They, I. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. They need to. I really think they need to go out and get some young free agent talent if they've got roster spots available because it needs a shake up down there. Right. Uh, I think. They need to wash out some of the older guys that are in the the team down in Providence, and bring in a few younger guys. And I mean, th- there's a a few guys that I really like down there, and I really hope they have a good future. But I mean, it's kind of really grinded out down there. It's a lot of grit and less skill, if you get what I mean. Oh, I do, I do. Yeah. You've got um, guys like Anton Bleed and uh, Colton Hargrove who are doing the good players and they need time, but then you've got older guys who are doing the same role as they are and you just you need some scoring talent down there. Mm-hmm. And without Seth Griffith and um Koklachev, well, you you're kinda of missing two key things to Providence there. You got Zach Ronaldo down there. Oh well, he, the guy I mean, scored the best breakaway of all time last week. His first goal of the year. It was an unbelievable breakaway. I say call him up. Yeah, I mean... That was total sarcasm. I wish you guys could uh, see my I mean, face. Seriously. We, we should call him up because uh, apparently he's Gretzky reincarnated. <laughs> so. I mean, I heard that he found found Jesus at the weekend and he's just, he's just a different guy now. Uh. Yeah. Never have another penalty in his life. <laughs> That's a... Like Ryan O'Reilly the other year. Right. Like one two-minute penalty all season. Because that's the type of player that he is. Well, no, keep keep that guy as low down there. Yeah, you know, just just keep him down there. Let him go through his contract and then say goodbye in April. Don't even... Ship don't even... him off. Yeah. He'll be, he'll be on his way to, like, the English Hockey League or somewhere over here and it can fight out his days in some dismal town no matter no matter when he goes whether it be in july 1st of 2017 or he gets somehow escorted away from this providence bruins team (laughs) it will automatically stay that don sweeney made the biggest mistake one one of the biggest mistakes in his first year as a gm that that that's history you can't change yeah, but that's rookie mistakes for you. Right. I, I do agree we'll, with that. We'll let him have that one. <laughs> I mean. So, anyway, the the Providence Bruins, after eight games played, they're 2-4-2 two, two, and six points. Um, yeah, and that's just – they are seventh in the Atlantic Division, which is dead last. <clears throat> and they are 
13th in the Eastern Conference, which is second to last. Can they make it a rule that, like, the AHL team is the lottery pick? Because <laughs> I want to draft first overall. I like your thinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty no. funny. We need, like I said, need young talent now. Too many, I think we have too many college stars and not enough AHL stars. Well, from, from the games that I've seen so far, um, I've, I've, I'm very, very impressed with, uh, I'm going to hack this guy's names, but uh, Peter Kulharik. Yep. He's been showing me a lot of good, good things, a lot of good attributes to his game. Um, solid Bruins prospect. I, 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 I'd like to see him make the NHL. I'm not, I'm not saying he's going to make the NHL anytime soon, but maybe in a year or two once um, expiring contracts are filtered out, he might get a chance. Um, but right now he's, he's, tied, he's tied with defenseman Matt Bartowski for the point lead in Providence with four points. Matt who? Matt Bartowski. Matt Bartowski, oh, that, that, that all-star oh. defenseman that we gave to Vancouver. Remember that? No, I don't remember that name. Well, he came I... back. He came back just to, you know, give I you think that. I've had, I think I've had my memory wiped of <laughs> someone called Matt Bartowski. Okay. I'll have to try and remember that for later. Cause it's just bringing up nothing. Oh, that's that guy who, like... Didn't he score a hat trick for Vancouver, and then all the Bruins fans who hated him the year before wanted him back, saying, <laughs> "Oh my God, why did we give this guy up? Look at him!" <laughs> and then never did anything else the rest of the season. Yeah, I remember that guy. Uh, well done, well done, fans. <laughs> I love it. Good job there. Uh, yeah, but I mean, that's to me when you say that when you when you when you look at the at the at the. Um, at the standings and the rankings, point point wise, um, Cole Harrick's got four points and he's leading the team. Um, there's no, there's really not a lot of scoring down in Providence, and that that concerns me a lot. After eight games, you'd think players would have more than four points. Yeah. Um, just the uh, last, I don't remember where it, what game it was. I apologize, but um, Matt Grizzlick, defenseman, Matt Grizzlick, and forward. Uh, Jake DeBrus got their first American Hockey League goals, so congratulations to them. Hopefully, I many think more. that was against Utica. Yeah, I believe sure. it was. I believe it was. Yeah, that was a Friday night game. Because it was uh, Grizzly who scored the first goal of the game. Yeah, and he's got three oh, points on the year, so. Yeah, doing well. Yep. Well, I I say doing well, but kind of. <laughs> oh. No one's doing well, well down there, no. so. I mean, uh, this, but this is another thing. You, you've got guys like Adam McQuaid and Kevin Miller who are kind of expendable, kind of. Why, why not trade one of them guys for some guy who's going to score down in the AHL? Ugh. Some team's going to want them. Oh yeah. Like, no, there's... you know how stupid people are for right-handed shot defensemen. Right. Like, trade one of them guys. Get a guy who's going to score. 20, 30 goals down in the AHL. Because the thing we're missing is like top line talent down in the AHL. Because yeah. who's I, playing I, the top? Who's playing the top line for Providence now? Uh, I want to. Well, Zarnik's up. Yeah. So it is uh, DeBrusque, Mueller, Mueller, and. Who else am I thinking? I want to say it's Bleed. Yeah, so, I mean... <laughs> or either Jesus. that or Wayne Simpson. I don't know who this Wayne Simpson guy is, but he's got three assists. Well, to me, that's a lot different than the powerhouse of Providence for the past few seasons. Right. Where you had a guy like Alexander Kolkhlechev, who was always in the AHL leading scorers' tables. Point per game, player. Yeah. Yeah, you had Seth Griffith, always. Yeah, and then you had a rolling left winger who usually did well on the first line. So, I mean... Yeah, big changes. It it is, 
but like I said, we have a lot of college guys who are going to be ready in the next couple of years. So, not only that, not only that, but when you look at this roster, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not overly impressed with this roster at all. Let's just get that right out. But the good mm-hmm. thing about that is, and I hate to say this because it's so far away, but once these NCAA men's hockey teams are done with their season and, and their player commitments are over. It might open up opportunities for the Providence Bruins to sign these guys to ATOs, PTOs, or whatever. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, basically, kind of do what you did with, with, um, with Frankie V, Austin yeah. Zarnick, you know. I mean, there's going to be a lot of free agents as well coming out of college. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, Tory Krug, like you said, Frankie Vitrano. I mean, no child. There's a, there's all yeah. There's always opportunity to get guys, and it's going to be good. But I we, mean, we need them now and not later. Yeah, we need these guys to step that's, up. That's why I'm trying to think of any way possible to get guys into the AHL. But I mean, barring trading for a guy who's probably 30 years old, who's going to be a good scorer, who's only going to be in the AHL, which seems pretty pointless. And then, I mean, you've got the free agency market, but there's not going to be much left there, AHL-wise. So, I just, I just really hope that they don't have the the beginning of the year that they did last season when they they just blew it. But but the second half was so much better. Yeah. Um, you know, if that happens again and they get in the playoffs, that's awesome. But I just, that's not what you want to do year to year is suck in the beginning and then show up. Yeah. In the new because- year. It's just constant inconsistency. Yeah. And if you if you're teaching that to your players, then that's going to transfer to their NHL game as well. Right. Because if if they lose at the beginning of the season and think, oh, it's all right, we've got 82 games to get back in it. Right. I mean, no. And to me, that's coaching. Yeah. They Every did, game they, should they be. They did it right. They did it last <clears throat> season with with Bruce Cassidy, which is on the Bruins bench right now. Yeah. Now it seems like they're doing the same thing with a new guy, Kevin Dean, and his staff. It's just, it, uh, to me, it's a leadership thing, and, and, and believe it or not, I'm not a big Tommy Cross fan. Yeah. I think that resigning him, they resigned him for a year deal, which is fine, but I, I still would have walked away from that and, you know, given an opportunity to somebody else. Yeah, but they weren't they weren't 100% sure on what D-men were going to be available for AHL. Right. And who wasn't, and... I mean, it's kind of a good, it's kind of a good idea because, I mean, he's the captain, so you kind of got to give him that. But... No, I do, but you you also got to relay a message that's trying yeah. to be sent from. Oh yeah, know. I mean, I think this year definitely, if they don't bring this back around and they don't get back into a playoff picture, you'll definitely see him walk. I think a hundred percent you'll see him walk, yep. and I think. I think if he if they do get back into the playoffs, you'll see like a ninety percent chance that he'll walk anyway. So, but most of the time, the, most of the time, it's it's. I mean, especially this year, you're going to see a lot of guys that are coming in from the Canadian juniors <coughs> that are yeah. now going to be eligible for American Hockey League, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But those guys are going to filter in, so you're going to see people like like Tommy Cross gone. You're going to see Chris Casto gone. You're going to see. Um, uh, just looking at the list, I, I like well, Lenny Sarnison. Alex Grant. Yeah, I mean he's he's, I, I, he's actually been deal. playing really good. I, I I liked his game. Yeah, he's a big guy. Yeah. So and he's he's solid, like defensively in the AHL. So I mean, it it doesn't help with the goaltending situation either, though. No, it doesn't. And when you've not like, got that like confidence in, the NHL. in your back end. Yeah, just like in the NHL I mean, with the Bruins, if you can't get yeah. good defense, you, how do you expect your goaltender to stand on his head? Yeah. So if you can't and, get good goaltending down there, obviously your defense is not going to be that freaking good. But at the same time, how many times have we seen when a guy like Subban's in net and he lets a softy in at the beginning? Oh my god. The the team go into a defensive struggle where they think, right, we got to have all five guys back in the zone. We got to, we can't press them offensively we can't 
forecheck deep because we need to cover the goaltender. So the game kind of just slows down for the Bruins. Oh. And we've seen that at the NHL and the AHL. We've seen it with guys, when, when Hudobin's been in net, we've seen it with that, where guys stop forechecking deep behind the net and they let them make them breakout passes. And you just, you're screwing your team up doing it. So I'd rather lose like 7 nothing and give it everything we've got going forward than kind of drop back and say, right, you attack and then we'll try and counter. Right. Because it doesn't work in the NHL. It just doesn't work at all. So, uh, uh, some prospect updates on the Canadian juniors. Uh, I like doing this, and, and people love hearing it, so we'll talk about that later. Uh, in the OHL, Zach Henderson with the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds had an assist in yesterday's game. He is now six points in ten games, four goals, two assists. Uh, in the Q, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, Jakob Sporl, the St. George Sea Dogs, has seven points in nine games, two goals, five assists. Uh, no points in yesterday's game and snaps a three-game point streak. Uh, staying in the queue with the Ruin Noranda Huskies, Jeremy Laws, and it continues to be struggling with a concussion and is out indefinitely. And our favorite sixth-round pick in the WHL with the Prince George Cougars, Mr. Jesse Gabriel, has 14 points in 11 games, held pointless in his last two games. But still going, though. Still looks good. I mean, the kid, the kid yeah. I love him. I just want to take him home. <laughs> <laughs> Adopt but, him now. Yeah, right. <laughs> Before he gets the big bucks in the NHL. Um. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. Yeah. I don't – do you have any any leads to where I could look? Elite Prospects is probably the best place to look. Uh, see, I wanted to go through – I just I didn't want to go through <clears throat> player to player to player because that takes forever. No, I, you can go through team by team. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you, Rob. So you can you, – if you get either the mobile app, uh, I know the mobile app's really good because you, you just click on team and then type in the team name and it'll come up with the entire roster and whose points are what. And then uh, there's also a way of doing it where if you put in the Boston Bruins, it comes up with some prospects at the okay. bottom. Okay. So Elite Prospects is a really good place to find out Sweet. information about prospect players. I'll check it out. Thank you very much. Plus, it's all free. Oh, I so, like I like free. Yeah, everyone likes free. <laughs> it's the best thing in the world. So, um, like we were saying in the beginning, um, the the feed the feedback we've gotten lately has been has been overwhelmingly awesome. And in the past week or two, I've noticed a lot more. On iTunes that we've got reviews and we've got ratings and I just wanted to take the time to say thanks obviously and uh, mention a few people um, on the October 24th uh, Wednesday 27 says as a new hockey fan I love to hear what's going on with the Bruins from these guys let's go bees listening from New York City Thank you very much, Wednesday. Uh, the second one is, uh, this one says another review, and it's by 28-37-63-2011. And it says, this podcast rocks. If you're a Bees fan and want to get honest review on what the players are doing and how the team is performing with Rob and Mark, know the score. Both Rob and Mark know the score. Both are straight up and real. Rob, pack your tea. We'll see you in the harbor. <laughs> Mr. Lombardi, War he's from Warwick, Rhode Island. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to have a welcome party when I come. <laughs> that was awesome. Thank you, Mr. Lombardi. That was awesome. <laughs> um, There's another one. Uh, it says, love it. It's from Matt Tyne. 
I live in Chicago, so it's frustrating when I want to get Bees Hockey news and there's nothing on the radio. You guys have great insight, and I love the uh, prospect talk. It's sometimes frustrating when the delay in release misses some news. Oh, delay in, yeah, okay. But overall, great show. Always eager for the next episode. Plus, Mark's Boston accent brings me home vibes deep in Blackhawks country. That was pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Listening in Idaho. This guy, Knife knife Boot 28. Uh, Great, honest, knowledgeable opinions regarding Bruins hockey. Good on-air chemistry between the hosts. Would love to hear segments on trade rumors and hear guest perspectives. So yeah, we'll, we'll work on that knife boot. We'll definitely do that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, next one is great for bees fans by Go Bruins 2016. Uh, as a, as a Bruins fan, it's always good to see the team covered. This new podcast covers everything going on with the team and the NHL. Great stuff, and look forward to hearing more. Thank you, Go Bees fan. Oh, sorry, Go Bees 2016. And the last one, um, great prospect info by M. Waxward. Uh, It's kind of weird. But uh, I don't have the time to research how the Bruins prospects are doing in the minors and juniors. These guys do the work for you. Very entertaining and informative. So dropping my mic on that one. Love you guys. Yeah. You guys are unbelievable. Thank you for the feedback. Keep doing it. Um, the more you guys rate us, and you don't have to always write a comment. It's all, it's good to write a comment, and we'll try to read those comments on a weekly basis. But the the over the average rating when you like click one to five stars is huge in Apple. It gives yeah. us a ranking. Um, right now we're close to like the. You know, as starters, we've only this is our thirtieth episode. So, when we get more stars, we keep climbing up, and then we'll get into different categories like what's hot, you know, who's listening, what's trending, blah blah blah. So we'd like to get up there sooner or later. Yeah, and uh, make sure you follow. What what's your page on uh, Facebook called? Oh, it's the black, black and Gold Hockey page. You yeah. can always go to Facebook and follow us on the, on there. I post a lot of stuff from uh, local media. Anybody that writes about Bruins and it's good, I'll share it on that page. So you're welcome to and come the, over and like it. Yeah, and the podcast gets released on that page as well. So yep. you'll know as soon the minute that it goes up, yep. it'll go up on there. We always go there. And then we're always welcoming, like the things that we said in this one, like talking about trade rumors and all that kind of stuff if you want to hear something let us know yeah because that's the way we can build our show around what you guys want to hear so just let us know what you want to hear what you want to hear about i mean there's always different stages through the season so it'll be coming up when it's coming up to trade deadline that's probably the best time to be starting dealing with trade rumors and everything but um, yeah, it, it, it's good to like find out what you guys want to hear more than anything. Because I mean, we just usually we'll start the program. We have like a small schedule. It, it kind of starts with like we'll talk about the Bruins, then we'll talk about the Providence, and then we'll talk about the Juniors, and we kind of just ramble on for an hour about different segments. But if you guys want to hear certain things and you want us to build a schedule around what you guys want to hear then just let us know get get in touch with us on facebook twitter itunes anywhere and and a couple emails um yeah a good friend uh, well friend of the show trent stevens um contacted me talking about uh podcast republic um sorry trent we have no idea what that is and what format they use. So if you're having problems, I know you were having problems at one time and then figured out that it was an internet connection. But he he had some very, very good things to say about us, and we appreciate the, the email, Trent. I'm just trying to find it now, and I can't. 
Um, I, I mean, he says, all my friends around here are Penguins fans, which sucks. I had to. Yeah, I know. I had the upper hand on them until the last two years when I, I guess, the Blue Jackets fans, but that, but not that many. My wife always says no in Ohio knows what hockey even is. But it's definitely nice that the podcast, since you have local rundowns and more information on the Providence and the and the prospects. So that was kind of cool. Thank That's you, awesome. Trent. Appreciate that. And this one is actually going to uh, impress you. Um, this is... Uh, this is from Helen and Darren, and I'm pretty sure it's Darren. Yeah, okay. And he contacts us from Stocksbridge, Sheffield, United Kingdom. Mm. Um, he says, hi, fantastic podcast, guys. It's great to hear Bruins news and be kept up to date, especially living like Rob in the UK. Question for Rob. How do you watch the bees in the UK? I heard you chatting about watching the Boston and Providence games and was interested in how you view full games. I currently subscribe to Premier Sports via Sky, but Bruins games this season are few and far between. It's a good mix of HD quality hockey, but would love to catch every Bruins game and a few Providence Bruins games. So your best way of getting every NHL game over in Europe is by getting NHL Game Center either on your tablet or your phone or on your PC and it's probably going to cost you around £70 something like that in English money so uh, like that that'll give you access to every game except for the games that will be on your Premier Sports so it's expensive, but it's definitely worth it because you can watch them either live or the day after or whenever you want to, really. So um, that's probably your best way of getting the NHL games. And with the AHL games, it's kind of hit and miss. You've got to, got to kind of just look look around streaming sites, but try and find like ones that people have left reviews where it's not constant adverts popping up on your computer. You need to find the best type of sports streaming service for you. So I'll I'll try and find some for next week. I'll not mention any right now, but um, yeah, I'll try and find some for next week. And then if I can find any that are good for you, then I'll let you know. Excellent. So great question, uh, Darren, and thank you for contacting us and Trent um, via um, email. And thank you, everybody, for leaving um, positive feedback and giving us a good rating. We are, you know, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, we are close to five. I think we broke the 5,000 listen barrier for 30 episodes. So, again, this can't be. That's awesome. Yeah, this is unbelievable. It can't be done without people like you listening and your constant feedback. And um, I think we're going to call it a show. We went a little over an hour, but I don't care. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah. Uh, social media, you can find me at Black and Gold 277. Rob, where can I find you? Uh, you can find me at Rob40Bruins. And of course, I am a big Tuka Rast fan. So come and give me a lot of abuse. I do. <laughs> oh, he's setting the tone. I love it. <laughs> Four and all, baby. <laughs> I know, right? Four and all. <laughs> best save percentage in the NHL come uh, at me come on <laughs> and, and, and Malcolm Subban is 0-4 <laughs> 4.10 goals against and a .854 save percentage so. dismal dismal <laughs> alright guys thanks again for, for tuning in to the show and we will definitely be back next week for uh, more interesting Bruins hockey talk Thank you, Rob, very much for your constant, constant um, appearances. Segway. Segway. That's what it is. I love it. All right, bud. Take care, and I'll talk to you soon. You too, buddy. I'll speak to you soon. Thanks 
for tuning in to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please join us next week for another discussion of Bruins hockey-related material. Yeah.